Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm so grateful to be joined by mom, education industry and equity leader, and regular contributor to Metro Family, Dr. Tamika Rogers, to talk about why Black History Month in 2021 feels different. Welcome, Tamika. Thanks for having me, Erin. I just really want to say that I'm so blessed to be here with you. And I also would like to add that my son, Keith Ross, told me to tell you how much he enjoyed the last interview with you. He told everybody about it word for word. He was nervous about it, but you made him feel comfortable and he felt like a superstar. So thanks so much for that interview with him. Oh, I love your family. I always love getting to see you guys. And that Keith holds a very special place in my heart. I love that kid. Um, and we're going to talk about him coming up and all of his great work, the great work you guys have been doing together. For all of our listeners, you likely already know Dr. Tamika Rogers. She's a familiar name for you. She writes for Metro Family on a variety of topics from travel and family fun to racial injustice. She's been on the podcast before, one of our very first podcasts to talk about having conversations with kids about racism. Her most recent article in our January-February issue commemorates the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre and her family's journey to learn about the horrific events, as well as the vibrancy of Black Wall Street. Dr. Rogers is Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Tulsa Technology Center. She served in the U.S. Navy, has held several adjunct professor positions, is an author, which we'll talk more about coming up, and the mom of three boys. And I would add that for me personally, Tamika is a huge inspiration in joy, passion, perseverance, having a good attitude, virtual schooling children, <laughs> all of the above. So before we dive into our topic today, Tamika, I wanna start by asking you, how are you faring? How are you caring for yourself amidst a demanding career you're working from home, you're managing Keith's virtual schooling when he's at home, and everything else on your plate. Woo. <laughs> wow, Erin, that sounds a lot. Um, and to be honest, we're doing it one day at a time. Um, we are having not a whole lot of pressure on ourselves. We're not putting a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, this last year, and now I could even say, this year too has been so challenging that we weren't even prepared for it. I don't even know how we could be prepared for something like this. Uh, we literally had to change everything we did from our schedules, um, just, just everything. And you know, when you have a set schedule in a way that you've done things for years, to have it snatched up out of you just in March, and then it still haven't been the same yet, <laughs> it could be a bit overwhelming. So. Um, with my middle son, it was his senior year, so he missed his prom, his graduation. He had to finish the rest out, uh, so that was totally different from him. Uh, from Keith Ross, just going to total, total virtual without being around his friends and having to be stuck with me in the house all day, that wasn't any fun for him either. Uh, but one thing that we've learned with each other is to not focus on the uh, things that's not so positive. Try to focus on the good things that we have. Um, we, we have to give each other grace. 
We have to uh, be able to be patient with each other. Um, we have to give each other space because we're around each other all the time. So we, we have to be able to like, well, I'm gonna go to my room for a while and make that be okay. Um, for me, what's been keeping me inspired, motivated is me keeping by being healthy, um, exercising. And of course my outlet has been writing. Um, another thing I've been doing also is a lot of FaceTiming. Um, I don't see my mom as much as I usually see her. We FaceTime almost all the time every day. I FaceTime with my sister and my family. Um, so it's not regular phone calls anymore for me. They know if they get a call from me, it's going to be FaceTime. So that's, that's how I've been dealing with it. And we've been doing pretty good over here. You have. And I love that you're very real about the hard parts, but you also are so intentional, like you said, about focusing on the positives. And there have been a lot of positives. Um, I know it's hard for me to forget that in the chaos of the everyday, but, but there have been. So Tamika, when I asked if you'd be interested in sharing your perspective as a black woman, as a mom, as a community leader on whether this Black History Month feels different, you were all in. And I so appreciate your willingness to share that here. So good and bad. Why does Black History Month in 2021 feel different for you? I would say 2021 in general feels different for me. The year, it feels different for me, but there's an old um, African pervert, pro proverb, my bad, proverb that says, until the lion writes the story, the hunter will always be the hero. Um, to me, that says a lot about history in itself. With the past few years, I feel like I'm actually living Black history as it unfolds. We've literally been watching this right in front of our face. And what we've been doing is making all of this teachable moments. Um, a lot of it has not been great. A lot of it's been sad. A lot of it's been discouraging. A lot of it's been where I just want to ball up and I cry. And I do cry. I give my time, myself time to cry. Um, but they're teachable moments. So what I do like about watching everything unfold is I know that when my child has children and the school is teaching them about history, black history, my children are able to say whether that happened or whether it didn't happen. Because what we're learning is that people choose what they want to teach or what they want to omit. You know, and we're seeing this for ourselves. And so we're able to be relate where we're able to talk about this and talk things through. That's the difference between any other Black history as we feel like we're actually more than ever a, a part of it. The other thing is, is that we're researching more. We're getting more educated. You know, we're verifying things. So it's not just what people are telling us about our history. We're learning our history for ourselves. We're making our own interpretation of things as well as, as not for other people to make the interpretation for us. And so I think that's what's different for this year in Black history. Thank you for sharing that, Tamika. That was, those are powerful words. 
so as we're thinking about the education space, but also in our communities and our roles as parents, it's obviously so important to acknowledge and celebrate Black History Month every February. But how do we do a better job in our schools, in our homes of acknowledging Black history and highlighting Black leaders, culture, and heritage, both the historic and the modern day throughout the whole year? That's a good question, Erin. I would say for the more, most part, our K through 12 students who do learn about Black history, they're hearing about the same few historical figures over and over, such as Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, and President Barack Obama. While those lives are all very worthy of study, they don't exist in a vacuum. What about us highlighting the Black leaders in our communities now? in our schools now, in our local businesses that make an impact on our daily lives on a daily basis? Um, what about hiring more African-American teachers in schools and as school leaders, as teachers and leaders, support African-American businesses and use the current events that we're going through right now as teachable moments? I love that. And you're so right. There are incredible leaders around us right now. And what more powerful way to talk to our kids about Black history than, than to show them the people that are in our midst who are creating history right now um, and featuring that Black excellence. Um, I love that, Tamika. That's excellent. Um, so let's talk about my sweet friend, Keith. Um, who is in the fourth grade, and we featured him in our Super Kids series for his authorship of several picture books with you. You guys have several more coming out this year, and you just released a book called Cornrows, My Hair, My Roots. We talked about your being inspired to write these books because you realized there were not many characters in Keith's books from school who looked like him. And as you talked about, you and I share the characteristic that we often process things through writing. So how has this process of researching and writing these books been both therapeutic and inspirational for you? Erin, I remember watching um, the George Floyd video with him on the ground begging police for his life, struggling to breathe, handcuffed, the knee on his neck, blocking his carotid order. He called out his mama's name. At that point, when I heard that, I felt powerless, absolutely powerless. I thought, you know, like he was calling for me. And I was thinking, what if my sons are in a situation where they're calling for me and I can't be there? At that point, I didn't want to talk about it but I knew I had to talk about it to my kids again. Um, I knew I had to share that perspective. I said all that to say is that there's white people who love me and love my kids. And I have white people in my life that I love them and I love their kids. But I needed them to understand what I was feeling, um, what my children was feeling and how to be a true ally to us. Um, through writing, I have been able to accomplish all of that. Through researching, I've been inspired. For me, I receive inspiration and guidance from both present and past. And through all of that, I'm inspired and I hope to inspire others. And you absolutely 
do. Um, give us a sneak peek of what other books you have coming out this year that you're working on. Ooh, um, I, I don't know what's going on with me, but I tend to like to juggle a whole lot of things at once. And so I just throw up in everything in the air. If something falls, I just kind of like move to the side and, <laughs> but, um, we are uh, working on a book, uh, one of my favorite books that uh, Keith really enjoys too, is called Does My Life Really Matter? Um, and it's about the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement from a kid's perspective, mm -hmm. you know? And, and because there's been, you know, where it says all lives matter, all lives matter. Well, the book is saying, no, we're not saying that all lives don't matter because you're right, all lives does matter. But right now, our house is on fire and we need some water to, to let it out, to let the fire out. So that's what the book is talking about. And I love it because it's got a superhero in it. Um, Cause that's coming from Keith, the superhero part of it. Um, so I love that. We are also writing a black wall street book. And this book, it has um, questions and things at the end of the book. So I really like that. I think that's coming from my education background. Cause Keith was like, really, you're going to quiz them at the end. <laughs> Keith, yes, yes, okay, yes, we're gonna do a quiz, <laughs> but it's not really a quiz. It's um, because you know he backed me off of the quiz part of it. It's uh more of word searches, definitions, and fill in the blanks, things like that. So I think it's fun. <laughs> and then we're also working on a, a Black Wall Street series. So it's a children's book series from the perspective of people that was there. So one of them is a, a, a little girl named Ebony. She's actually a teenager getting ready for prom as the events unfold. Mm. So um, those are the ones that we're working on. Oh, and the one that's about to be released probably in a couple of weeks is Girls Can Be Anything. Oh. And that's about um, four different girls finding out that um, our vice president, Kamala um, Harris, has been selected to be vice president and how they felt after they found out and feeling that girls could be anything. Oh, I love it. I can't wait for all of them. Um, my kids love your and Keith's books. Sure. They're highlights in our household. I was just telling you the other day that I was listening to my older son read to my younger son um, and Daddy, may I decide? Uh -huh. And it talks about all the different things you can be when you grow up. And they were like, wow, did you know there were all these things <laughs> that we can be? So it was such a fun book for them to read. And then you also have the journal that highlights black yes. leaders, right? And that, is that coming out soon as well? Yes, that should come out next month as well. And that uh, also uh, highlights local community leaders as well. And that's what I like about that one. So we do have, uh, you know, our traditional ones that we learn about at school, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, but we also incorporate some local uh, leaders as well. And that is awesome because it gives kids, and we started that book in March uh, because we wanted to, st I started journaling and I was telling Keith the journal about his feelings about being cooped up in the house and things of that nature. And I was like, wow, you know, we should start journaling and then make a journal book or something like that. And that's how that started off. So that's going to be exciting to get. I can't wait. I can't wait for all of them. 
And I want to talk too about your article in Metro Family about Black Wall Street and the Tulsa race massacre. Like me, you grew up in Oklahoma, but you didn't learn about the vibrancy of Black Wall Street or the Greenwood District or the horrific massacre until you were an adult. You and Keith have been learning together and you share suggestions in your article about ways to commemorate the 100th anniversary this year and to commemorate the victims and their descendants. What action do you hope other parents and families take from reading your article? While Keith and I were writing our last book on Black Wall Street, you know, when we, even when we were researching and reading about it, both of us were like, oh, like really, you know, during the whole time. Um, and one time he looked up at me and said, all kids should know about this. And then he looked up at me and said, you know, everybody should know about this so it doesn't happen again. And I was like, wow, you're nine, huh? <laughs> and, and, and I agree with the nine-year-old. I agree with Keith Ross. Um, I think the main thing is, is people should know about what took place. And from our article, I wish that they um, get the knowledge and want to know more from that article. Um, I wish that they take that knowledge and pass it on to their children so their children can pass it on to their children. Um, whether they're reading an article, a book, going to a museum, uh, a, um, reading a, I mean, watching a documentary, what, whatever it takes, I hope that education takes place. Absolutely. And um, we've already gotten lots of comments on that article about what um, a great inspiration and jumping off point it is. You give um, lots of great ideas about places to visit, um, virtual things you can do right from home with your family to learn more about the massacre and how to have those conversations with your kids. So um, we'll drop a link for that article for sure. Um, definitely encourage folks to go read that if you haven't already. So we keep talking about there's so much heaviness in our world right now. Um, and I wanna close out today on a positive note because you, my friend, are a positive person. You bring so much positivity to the world around you. So Tamika, tell us, where are you finding hope in this new year? Well, I would say that you're right. Um, there's a lot of heaviness. And if you're a person that has to have certain things a certain way, and you're used to things like that and everything just explodes, it could be a little bit depressing. Um, so one thing that I like to, that I have to rely on is my faith. Um, and with that comes knowing the things that you can control, you know? And the one thing that you can control is yourself. Um, I think us as mothers, we give so much to everybody that we forget to give to ourselves. And as a matter of fact, we make ourselves last all the time. But if there's no water in the pitcher, you don't have anything to pour, you don't have anything to give. So I've made it a point to take care of me, not just with my health, because I, I'm into it where I'm exercising and eating right and everything like that, because that's very important. But what's also important is your mental state of mind. You know, so working on me, my mind, my body, my soul, because if I'm strong 
and I'm healthy, both mentally and physically, then I can be a better mom to my kids. And we could be more prepared for any obstacle that comes near, comes to us. Because we already know the things that we can control and we control it to the best of our ability and everything else we have to recognize. That's something that we really can't do anything about and let it go. If there is something that we can do something about, and it doesn't have to be, you know, where we have to leave and get in front of everybody and do it, you know, we could find ways within our power to do things where we could say, you know what, I feel like I contribute to that. You know, I feel like I've done something about that. So how um, our positive note is to look within, find positive things and situations, even though the situation might be very, very hard to find a positive in. I love that. That's a perfect way to, to wrap this up today. Thank you so much for your time today and always, Tamika. For everybody listening, you can read Dr. Tamika Rogers' most recent article on the Tulsa Race Massacre, plus her advice on topics like working from home while also managing virtual school and talking with kids about racism at metrofamilymagazine.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us Thanks, next time Karen. on Raising OKC Kids. Thanks, Tamika. Thank you.